Good evening. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Um, and I just want to apologize. I got some new neighbors, and they have this um, very lovely puppy who is barking. So if we hear any barking in the background, I do want to apologize for that. But I am super excited about our call tonight. We have an amazing guest, amazing Sherry Manholm. Sherry is an international transformation catalyst and success coach, and she'll be talking to us tonight about how to master our energy. Um, I first heard Sherry speak on a webinar online, and I just fell in love with everything she had to say, and I knew it was a message we had to bring on our show. And um, so, Sherry, how are you doing tonight? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for being here. And, you know, typically speaking, Cher, we always bring our guests on our Empowering Women series. And, you know, it's a little bit different for um, some of our listeners tonight that this is, we have a guest on our, our Sunday night show, which is typically just Akina and myself. And, you know, this, um, Sherry, I just feel like your message is so powerful. And we have a few, um, a few of our more sophisticated men who make it over to our Empowering Women series. But we wanted everyone to benefit from hearing your, um, hearing your story tonight and, and hearing your message, and that's why we brought you on to our Sunday night show. So can you just give us a little um, background information? What does it mean to master your energy? Well, what I've been noticing a lot, um, and thank you so much for that introduction, and I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm grateful that you've invited me on tonight. Um, what I've been noticing a lot with my clients lately is they keep talking about these lives that they want to create, but they're exhausted. And they don't have the energy to actually create the lives that they want. So we've all had these experiences where we're having a really great day, and then suddenly someone in our world, it could be a loved one, it could be a coworker, they're having a bad day, and suddenly we're having a bad day. <laughs> Does it have, has that happened to you? Yeah, that happens all the time. Yeah, um, and it doesn't actually have to. Um, just because other people are having a bad day, it does, actually doesn't have to affect us. But um, here's what I discovered, and I've been a wide-open energetic empath ever since I was born, so I can feel energy and interpret energy, um, and it's become this really refined skill for me. And I'm also trained in a bunch of other more traditional modalities, and I also come from a business background. So when I speak, I tend to speak from multiple directions at the same time, so hopefully everyone can, can receive what it is that they're here to receive. Now, what I discover is um, we are basically energetic beings in an energetic system, so we can walk into a room and know if there's been a fight or an argument or something's up without anybody saying anything. We just have this ability, and we all have it. It's nothing special that I do. It's just I've been able to refine it over the years. But we all just are able to pick up energy from everywhere. And our natural inclination is to actually block it. So I hear a lot of people talking about the need to put up your barriers and block the energy that's coming at you. And that's actually not the most... Uh, efficient way to deal with it because if you've ever played uh, like tug of war like with a rope 
when there's a tension, you've got something to fight against. If one of you puts down the rope, there's actually nothing that's in the way. So if you're in an environment where you're feeling like there's a lot of uh, energy coming at you, or uh, some people have friends or coworkers where they come over and it's almost like they're feeding off of your energy and they're kind of dumping all their stuff on you, and they get up to leave and they feel wonderful, and you're looking around wondering what truck hit you. You know, we've all had those situations too. So the way that you actually can deal with that in a really easy, practical way is if you just kind of lower your barriers, pretend you're a screen door, and imagine energy as though it's a river. And just use your imagination. You don't have to actually do anything special. Just, just drop your barriers. Imagine pulling energy straight through them and through you. If they're pushing energy at you, lower your barriers, pull energy through them and right through you. It's, that's the real meaning of going with the flow. It's like follow the direction of the energy. If you're with someone that is pulling energy from you, go with the flow. Just allow and imagine that there's a river of energy coming through your back, through you, and through them. And that's the easiest way to dissipate a lot of uh, the energy that comes at us from our environment and from, from other people. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely, Sherry. And, you know, one of the things that I learned is I used to think that when I gave of my energy to someone, it was kind of this well or this cup, and I only had a certain limited amount of energy, so I could only give so much away or else I'd be in jeopardy of kind of losing it. And I like your analogy of a river because we know that a river is kind of endlessly flowing, that there's no end to the river, and that the energy is, it is a constant flow, and there is energy all around us. And, you know, we are endless potential, and the amount of energy we have is really endless. You know, we can be anyone we want to have, and all we need to do is kind of claim it and seek it and really draw upon that positive energy. And, Absolutely. you know, what would you, yeah, what would you say to someone who was being met with an energy that they perceived as negative, you know, how would they deal with that? You know, I had this experience today where I have a certain family member who has a lot of anxiety about going out in public. And every time that this person is brought into a public situation, something happens. And their negativity, their negative energy tends to affect me, and, and I, you know, this is a situation I deal with where I try my best oftentimes to meet this person in a, in a positive way, but, and I, and I want to say, and I want to hope, okay, well, this person's not matching me energetically, you know, I'm in a different spot energetically, but in the mm-hmm. same sense, then, if there is this collision, what would you say to someone who has, is in that situation that I was in today of, you know, I want to help assist this person to bring them up without kind of bringing myself where that person is? That's a really great question. And I think, you know, you bring up several really great points in that. One of them is um, we can't actually be a contribution to people if we are climbing down into the hole with them. But we also Mm, have to acknowledge that they're choosing their reality too. So really the only ship you you can steer is yours. And you can be the shining light and the shining beacon and the invitation for them to step into more, but you can't actually choose it for them. Now, what I will say about this whole idea of energy is I I often hear people talking about negative energy and needing to protect myself from negative energy. And 
um, I just look at it as energy. I don't actually have a judgment attached to it that says this is good energy and this is bad energy, this is energy I want and this is energy that I don't want. Because as soon as I do that, I basically put up a wall and a separation between me and it. And every time we create separation from ourselves, which is essentially what we do, because we are energetic beings and we're actually all energy. And as soon as we decide that I'm only willing to look at this small band of energy of myself and I'm not willing to look at the whole spectrum of energy, we basically put up these barriers to ourselves. So if you imagine, absolutely, it can, it can be anything that you think about you or your environment. If in my right hand I am planting the flag of I am good, for example, like I, I got accolades as a child if I was good and I got good grades and I was smart. Like that's how I got my attention when I was a kid. But as soon as I buy into that and I, in my right hand, I plant the flag of I am good, I automatically plant the opposite flag of I am not good. And that's how we create the duality here. So on one end, I am good. On the other end, I'm not. And I'm now aligning and agreeing with what I've already decided is true about me. And I'm resisting what I don't think is true about me. But all of that just takes us out of choice. So all of these places that we define something as good or bad or right or wrong really locks us up into not being able to make a different choice energetically. A lot of it is really quite counterintuitive. Like, we don't need to put yeah, this open. We need to open. <laughs> really. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. You know, one of the things for me that I truly believe is that not only are we energy, but that when we are living at our highest um, vibrational state, and we know that you know, we all, and on this call, I know we, we talked about before that, for our listeners' sake, we are all vibrational beings, and that oftentimes like the radio frequencies can change our, our, the way that our frequencies are can change and what we're attracting and what we're putting out into the world can change. You know, I believe that when we're at our highest vibrational state, we are functioning in love and that who we are is love. That if you break that energy down to the smallest component, what we are comprised of is love. And, you know, oftentimes I'm, we want to change someone. But we can't change someone else, and we can't change their behavior. And like you said, Sherry, we can't choose anything for them. So for me, I know when I am confronted in a situation where I want to change the outcome, where I don't like the way in which a person is behaving, and I may perceive it that their behavior is not, is not correct, or what they're doing is not right, I know I can change the way that I behave. And I know that I can change the way that I'm responding to them. And it may be really hard, but I try at all times to choose to look at them through the eyes of love. And that no matter what they're doing, if you continue to love them and you continue to create a loving image around them, they'll start to model that loving image that you're creating. And in a very profound sense, you know, you can, in fact, assist them in changing their behavior by modeling really love through your thoughts and really through that telepathic connection. Um, would you agree with that, Sherry? I would agree with that. Um, and I would also add to that in that um, both we can model that for them, but when you actually can be the place of non-judgment for someone, 
Like how many people, like when I travel and I, and I facilitate classes, one of the questions that I love to ask is how many of you have just one person in your life that doesn't judge you ever about anything? And it's typically around 25%, and to be perfectly honest, I'm always surprised that it's that high. So most of us don't have a place where we're not being judged. And if you've ever been in the presence of someone that just doesn't judge you, that is in complete allowance for you to just show up as you are, it's almost like you melt in their presence. And suddenly they're kind of through all of these defense mechanisms that we've put up. So yes, we can have an influence on behavior. And, and we do only have control over what we look at and how we see things and how we perceive things. And, and absolutely my place of, of, of operating is I'm just going to love you where you are. And that also means that I actually have to be an allowance for where you are too. So if you're choosing behavior that I wouldn't necessarily choose, I have to be an allowance for that and not be in judgment of that. But I can also be a beacon and a catalyst for you to choose something else to let you know that there is another possibility out there. Plus, yeah, that's really more. profound. I really like that, and I really like how, you know, and, and really, even as you're speaking, and I am vowing and, and I'm actually setting intentions already in my heart to be um, a less judgmental person, and you know, that's something that we all continue to work on, right, and it's a process, it's not really a destination. But, you know, mm-hmm. for me, um, there have been some people in my life that previously I had a lot of anger towards, and I, and I really needed to come to a place in choosing to forgive them and choose to love them where they are. And, you know, one of the things that I think that you brought up is really really great. And for me, you know, one of the best ways that I tend to look at that or phrase it is, you know, you can't, you can't hold someone responsible for something they're not capable of. And oftentimes we have an image of our head, in our head of what a person should have done for us or what a relationship should have been like, especially when it comes to our family. And, you know, our family is often the hardest to really change our um, relationship with because we have this vibrational attachment that's just so strong because we spend so much time together and the emotions become so crowded. And you really need to come from a place of forgiveness for whoever hurts you. And what I really think it comes down to, especially as an entrepreneur, as someone who's looking to make their life better, you need to have a purpose great enough that's worth giving up your past anger. And that's really what it came down to for me. You know, I wasn't at a place at a, when I chose to forgive the people who hurt me in the past where I loved them enough to forgive them, but I came to a place where I loved myself enough to forgive them. And I came to a place of belief where that I am worthy of all great things. I'm worthy of abundance. I'm worthy to create the life of my dreams. I'm worthy of receiving. And if I continue to live in a victim state with a victim mentality, that there's no way I can receive any of those things that I was trying to create. And so I said, you know what, I forgive you and I love you and I don't do it for you and I didn't actually tell the person I'm not doing it for you. But in my heart I said, listen, I'm doing it for me. And so, you know, what I really want people to take from this call more than anything tonight is if there's a person like that you're in your past you need to change your energy with, you know, you, they may, you may think they're not worth it, but know that you are worth it. You know, you Absolutely. can create 
you can't create from a victim state. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the big misconception in our culture, isn't it? That, that forgiveness means that what you did is okay. And that's not at all what it means. All it means is that I'm no longer willing to carry the emotional burden of it. I'm no longer willing to be tied to it energetically. That's all it means. Doesn't mean that what you did is okay. Doesn't even mean that you still have to have that person in your life every day. It just means you're no longer willing to carry the emotional attachment. That's beautiful. Yeah, and I, I really love the way you said that. I don't think I've ever heard it phrased quite that way, but I think that that's really, it's really great. So, Sherry, you know, what can people do on a practical, everyday basis to work towards being that person that has the ability to love, you know, to love from a non-judgmental place and really look at people from a non-judgmental perspective? And I know it's really... Like you said, I said earlier, it's a process. It's not a destination. How can you go about becoming that person? It's not just going to happen at the snap of a finger. Or what exercises can people do daily? Well, the, the place that I always work from is the more out of judgment of you you can be, the less in judgment of other people you can be. Because most people that I work with judge themselves incessantly about everything. There's this judgment about their body. There's this judgment about what they do for work. There's this judgment about where they live. There's this judgment about what they have. There's this judgment about something they've said to someone. Like there, there's this constant barrage in people's minds that's like that monkey mind, and it's usually critical. And it's, it's conditioned and it's habitual, and most of it runs in the unconscious. So, you know, I, I read once, and it was staggering to me that, on average, people have 55 to 65,000 thoughts a day, but we're only consciously aware of 10% of them. That means that 90% of them are unconscious, and we don't really know what they are, and most of them aren't useful. I mean, there's obviously the, the unconscious movements, you know, that, you know, the movements of our body and all of that that's, that's in, you know, part of that thought process. But the majority of them, they estimate, are really just kind of useless, empty, negative thoughts that aren't really serving people, that aren't really allowing people to create the lives that they want. So um, if, if I'm working with someone and they've got this old storyline going on that, and it's like the storyline keeps going and keeps coming up, it's every time a fight comes up, this old story keeps coming up and it never seems to move, like that's the kind of stuff that's running in our subconscious mind. We're running these programs unconsciously and they're exhausting. It, it takes a lot of our vital energy to hold all of that in place. And if things aren't actually shifting, if you feel like you're working on the same issue over and over and over and it's been years, um, usually it's because there's a lie trapped in there for you, that it's not actually really true for you. Something you've bought into isn't actually true for you. Um, so the more that you can unravel those places that you judge yourself, the more free you can be with your choices and the more loving you can be with everyone else because you no longer expect them to show up a certain way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I really think that for, you know, a lot of our listeners that are on here tonight, you know, they, they are saying that, you know, everyone, and first of all, everyone who's listening to this call, either in real time or podcast time, I want to commend you because if you are listening to this call, it means you're in that process of, of trying to make your life better and trying to change 
the story that you have created for yourself into something more beautiful. You know, but a lot of people, myself included, do struggle with those past mistakes. And, and really forgiving yourself really is the first step. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, that I know that for me has been very challenging is coming from a place where I've learned to forgive myself. And, you know, mm-hmm. when, I was, when I was able to forgive myself, that's really when I was able to start to attract different things. And, and like you said, Sherry, is, you know, all those unconscious thoughts that we have, that's what's really attracting what into our life. You know, the majority of our thoughts are in that subconscious state. That's really what we need to work on is that subconscious state. You know, Akina, I know you've been pretty quiet today. Is there anything you wanted to add to the call? Sure. I have several questions, actually. Sherry, now mm-hmm. I want to go back to uh, where you were saying about if you've been working on something for a while, then it's probably like a lie where you're, uh, that is going on in the situation. How does mm-hmm. that person find that uh, that space? Because, you know, I know uh, I was that person at one point. Now I know other people who are that person, you know, where there's a lot of negative energy, constantly working on the exact same thing. How do they find that lot? Uh, usually where I would start with that, and that's a great question. Thank you so much. Usually where I would start with that is where are you actually needing to be right? Because quite often people get so wrapped up in wanting to be right about something that they can't actually let any other energy in. And um, a big tip here for, for your listeners is if you're in a place where energy feels stuck and it's not moving or there's this part of your life that you want to shift and you're not able to shift it, the quickest way to create an opening in that, in that stuck energy is to ask a question. Just ask a question, and you don't even um, you don't need to look for an answer to that question. Just being in a state of wondering about what else is here that I'm not seeing, or what is right about this that I'm not getting. Like I was in a really uh, difficult emotional place a couple of years ago, and I just felt like I was doing everything right, and nothing was working, and I couldn't quite figure it out. And then I just started asking the question, what is right about this that I'm not getting? What is right about this that I'm not getting? And a few days later, I just had this awareness that allowed me to change all of it. So it's just being willing to question and explore and to not think that you've got it all figured out because as soon as we think we've got it all figured out, it's like planting an anchor. It's like if we're these energetic beings, like I view us like these really gossamer tapestries just kind of floating on the energy. And as soon as I've decided something is right and true and I've got it figured out, it's like me taking a push pin and and pushing it into that fabric so that it's no longer able to move. So how many points of view do we have about everything? And every one of them is like putting a thumbtack in that tapestry. So we lock ourselves up into more limitation and more limitation and fewer and fewer choices. So just start asking questions. Is this true? If I actually allowed myself to know what this is really about, what do I actually know? Because this is what I believe. I believe that you are amazing. And I believe that you're perfect and that you're whole and that you don't actually need fixing. I believe that you know everything there is to know about you. 
you just may have hidden from yourself. It may be hidden under lies that you bought into. It may be hidden under programming that you got from your family. It may be hidden under, you know, the beliefs that we buy into from society. But underneath all of that, you are perfect and whole and amazing and wonderful and so much more powerful and capable than you realize. Just start asking those questions and see what shows up and be willing to be wrong about everything you thought you were right about. Wow, that that is great. So now when you do that, basically the uh, questions are basically pulling the block energy out of the fabric. So you're basically just removing that push pin and letting your energy be able to flow at that point. Is that correct? That's right. That's correct. And, And as soon as you ask a question, it's like, it's like a thousand new doors could open that you didn't know were there before. And all thousand of those doors are perfectly legitimate choices that you could make. And you just pick one. What if there is not a wrong choice that you could make? What if you just chose the one that felt light and expansive and like it would be fun? And as soon as you walk through that door, a thousand more possibilities show up that you didn't know existed before. It's as soon as we lock everything down into a finite conclusion that we actually stop that whole creative process. Life can just be a series of questions and a series of explorations and a series of choices that open up new possibilities, and those new possibilities open up new questions. It's like, how much more fun can I have today? What else can I learn today? What would be fun today? It can be that. Wow, that That sounds like a great, great uh, place of existence to live in. You know, a lot of people think because of the pressures that are put on them by work, by family, by, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. financial issues, that they think that they just have to be like robots, go, 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 go. But even with all of the pressures, you can decide to be happy, to be joyous, to run and be free in your energy, right? Absolutely. I believe that happiness is a choice. I heard this once and I love it. It's happiness is a choice you make ahead of time. Happiness is not something that happens to you because of some outside circumstance. It's something, it's an internal state that you actually choose. And when you choose to view the world through that place, the world shows you more of that. It's, it's where your attention goes. That's kind of where your lens of focus shows up. And um, I just want to add one more thing because your, your comment just triggered this for me. Um, lots of people are very aware of why am I so tired? Like why am I exhausted? Because they're so aware that there's lack of sleep, they're worried, they're, they've got stressful jobs, they've got relationship issues, they've got financial issues, there's illness. There's all of that going on. But what people aren't necessarily thinking about is that the majority of your vital energy doesn't go to those things. The majority of the energy that you have locked up is in what I collectively call limitation. And limitation is limiting beliefs. It's judgments of yourself and others. It's wherever you're in resistance. It's wherever you've got old thought patterns, old stories of victimization and martyrdom, like all of those old stories, that's where people lock up most of their vital energy. And when you're running 
on a low frequency and low energy, what does that look like? That looks like disease. That looks like depression. That looks like body pain, anxiety, self-sabotage, fatigue, money problems, addiction, muscle weakness. Like all of the people that I work with have all of these physical symptoms when they show up. And Typically, none of them have to do with their outside environment. As soon as we clean up that internal environment, it frees up all of this vital energy. So now they can actually cope better with those stressful jobs or those stressful relationships, or they've got the energy to start that uh, side business that they've always wanted to start so that they can exit from their 9-to-5 job. It's really about learning how to manage the vital energy that you have, and everything counts. Everything you eat, everything you wear, everything um, you say, everything you think, it's all, it all carries a frequency to it, a, a vibration to it, and, and we are the amalgamation of all of these frequencies. So everything I ate today goes into the frequency of me today. The clothes that I'm wearing, if I'm wearing clothes that don't make me feel wonderful, then my clothes can't be a contribution to the energy of me today. And that's why our energy is is different every day. But if you want to know what your frequency is, look at your life. Look at your body. Look at your bank account. Look at your relationships. And And if any of that's not the way that you want it to be, or your business too, if any of that's not the way that you want it to be, you need to change your frequency. So the ways that you do that are... Um, start to get yourself out of these places of judgment and these places of being stuck. And one more big um, thing that I will suggest to the listeners is close what I call open loops. We all have these things, these projects that are left open that are prying on our mind. It's like, oh, I need to get to that. I need to do that. And it could be a difficult conversation. It could be something that you need to clean up in your home or just something that you need to take care of. Every one of those that we leave open is sucking and siphoning off our vital energy. So close those open loops up as quickly as you can, and you'll notice an increase in your vitality as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Sherry, for uh, coming to talk to us today. Is there a way that... um, the people can get in contact with you if they were touched by what you had to say today? Absolutely. They can reach me um, through my website, www.sherrymanholt.com. You know, Sherry, I have to say that, you know, I was listening and taking notes to everything that you had to say, and I'm definitely going to be listening to this call again. Um, It was really wonderful, and I think for me this is probably, um, I think, unequivocally one of my favorite calls that we've had so far um, thank you so much for sharing with us so generously. Um, I really thank appreciate you. you coming out here. And Akina, if someone you know like me heard this call and, and missed something or wants to just hear it again or share this with a friend, how can they access our call again? I know Akina is the guru of where we are on social media. Well, you can find us on Automatic, iTunes, uh, TuneIn, Blog Talk Radio, and now we are uh, going to be on SoundCloud next week. So you can find us at any of those places. And then, of course, you can reach out to us at Facebook, Google+, Plus, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. 
Very good. And, you know, um, my favorite place to access all our calls, and I am a little bit biased, but that is our app. So we have an app on Android and on iTunes, and I love it. Um, I will admit I listen to the pod- our podcast over and over while I'm doing all my running and my long workouts. But I'm always posting that on Facebook. So um, tune in again. Thank you so much, Sherry, uh, for coming in on our call tonight. Thank you for all Thank of our listeners who are listening. Yeah, it's been our pleasure. And thank you to all our listeners who are listening in real time or listening in podcasts. We love you. You know, have a great evening. Thank you for supporting us. You know, God bless and have a great evening. Good night, everyone. Good night.